Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Nice sniffle to start us off, Pete. No Lore boys here. Uh, welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast, where we talk about the stories beneath our favorite made-up stories. Uh, I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me is Peter O'Donoghue. Oh, hi, everybody. And James Miller. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. That's that's not James Miller. That's Woody from Toy Story. Oh, it's the, oh, no, it's the shark. It's the shark, right? Yeah, shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I it was such a convincing howdy, 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 I'm Woody that I... I thought for a second that it was Woody. Yeah, you'll have to right. forgive me. <laughs> the, the one tail-shaped boot gave him away, though, because he doesn't need he doesn't need two boots. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they say the best way to learn impressions is to see other people doing impressions of the person. Yes, so use the shark to to get uh, a better Woody to get a better yeah. Woody. You had yeah. me fooled. So I right. ad- speaking of better Woodies, I admire some sharks for having two penises. <laughs> speaking of better Woodies, <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Also that. <laughs> <laughs> Last I hope week. your date was a shark. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> um, yeah. So welcome to the show, everybody. For people who don't know, we're uh, a jokey kind of, I wouldn't say comedy, definitely not comedy, uh, <laughs> definitely not yeah. uh, informational, but we're like a jokey middle ground somewhere in there uh, <laughs> where we talk about uh, made up stories uh, that we like, basically. Yeah. You wouldn't LMAO, but you might breathe out of your nose. Exactly, yeah. A sharp, yes. a sharp exhale while driving to work. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, for anybody new to this show, this is your this is your warning. This is a, a part four, four in a multi party. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably not the best place to kick it off. That said, of the four that we've done so far, this is the second best to start with. Where number one would be the best, number two would be terrible, number three would be terrible, uh, and number four is okay probably to start on. Um, okay. So we've been, so I, I, that metric confused even me. <laughs> uh, I aim to confuse, honestly. So uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page then. Uh, we've been talking for um, two months, uh, for a while now, for the, my last four episodes about uh, Elspeth, a noble white planeswalker from a Phyrexian insane asylum, uh, now on a mission to find Karn, a uh, golem, a silver golem, and hopefully put an end to those pesky Phyrexians I mentioned. Um, but we're going to diverge a bit to talk some more about setting before jumping into another story episode. Right. Because we've covered some of her homies and uh, people that she's worked with. We covered, um, I want to say, Ashani Goldmane. He's a lion man. Uh, Johnny. Johnny. Very, very close. Johnny. Yeah. And uh, Venser, who was yeah. a regular human who lived in a swamp and uh, thought all these uh, horrible Phyrexian machines were just neat little curiosities that he liked to hobby about with, basically, Ex- exactly. in, his, in his awful shack. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we... So I, I think that 
the better reading would be the Elspeth episodes that we've done already. Uh, a great bonus episode to listen to, if you want even a bit more context for this one, would be Karn and the Phyrexians. And if you or have Jamie's no- episode about Pac-Man, that's a great bonus. It's unrelated, <laughs> but I I enjoyed it. <laughs> also, also very good. Uh, they're all good. Am I right, fellas? I forgot mm-hmm. I did a Pac-Man episode. Sure There's did. that whole story game too. Yeah. I I only remember I, I remember nothing from the Pac-Man episode. All I remember is the emote that we have in and the artwork because it was my Twitter avatar for so long was the <laughs> Kafka Pac-Man. Yeah. We all drank beer and watched the the playthrough of like the adventure game where you like Pac-Man lives in a house that is a shape of his own head. Oh, that yeah. sounds very vaguely familiar. Yeah. <laughs> that was after the episode, so we were pretty deep into a case at that point. <laughs> I can guarantee. As, as we often are, as we often are. Uh, I guess that's a good segue into. Hey, I know we've been promising a mailbag episode for a long time. Uh, where nice. we're going to get drunk and read your letters and maybe play some games on Twitch, and then we'll release. Uh, recording of that episode uh, to some people at some time indeterminate when all that stuff is going to happen but except for the actual event most likely this Saturday February 20th on twitch.tv slash the lore boys the lore boys yeah yep. uh, so yeah uh, you can uh, put a pin in it time to be announced uh, I'm going to guess evening so probably starting around 6 EST maybe a little yeah. later maybe a little earlier um, I only drink between 6 and 7 a.m. so yeah, I drink till uh, I drink from six till twelve because beer has carbs in it, and I'm technically I would technically turn into a gremlin if I drank carbs after twelve. So, oh, okay. yeah, okay, okay, okay. And you got a carb load for your busy afternoon, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, got a lot of driving to do. I want to have the energy, so I'm just drinking all these carbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drink right up to twelve noon is when I stop. <laughs> <laughs> then I take a nap until the next day from six a.m. to twelve. <laughs> But yes, uh, February 20th, 2021, um, jump in our Discord. Go to the loreboys.com slash about and jump in the Discord because that is the best way to stay as close to inside our brains as you possibly can. Yeah, uh, for better or for worse. And there's probably a link to our Twitch on that page. I honestly don't remember. There is, there is. Uh, But enough about that. Let's get started talking about Magic the Gathering, the thing that we're all here to hear about, huh? The thing that we all love. Oh, should we give Jamie a a moment of silence to do his face cream here? Are you waxing your beard? He's he's moisturizing. (laughs) My nose is drying out. I changed shampoos, and it's it's been a nightmare. (laughs) I mean... Maybe uh, maybe you're afflicted by the mycosynth and you're turning into a Phyrexian, James. Have you ever thought of that? Dude, I know you wanted to get to the content and you just as easily could have got to the content. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little taste of what a live recording is going to look like. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> For the record, I never want to get to the content more than I want to talk about you moisturizing your face. But, uh, Very important. <laughs> look, um, Jamie's spent 29 years avoiding crow's feet and he's not going to start now yeah, i also might. changed my light bulbs and i feel like i'm gonna get a sunburn so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is spf 45 <laughs> the sun went down like two and a half hours ago <laughs> yeah uh, so these leds are bright <laughs> so uh a quick reminder of where we left off last time uh elspeth and Koth had found a man named venser who peter mentioned yep. working on infernal phyrexian machines and decided that, hey, that's not cool. Uh, Koth dragged Venser to Koth's homeworld of Mirrodin, which was once called Argentum, uh, which we do talk about in the Karn and the Phyrexians episode a bit more at length. Um, but we'll talk about 
it a lot. We'll talk about what it becomes. It becomes Mirrodin. And the last episode, we ended off uh, revealing the fact that it does eventually turn into new Phyrexia. Um, right. right. So right, yeah. in terms of uh, mechanical game talk, talk and shop, which I know you, you two love, um, the card sets had come out for whatever, 15 years. Um, there was an entire invasion block, which is the was all about the Phyrexians and all about the evil Yawgmoth who led them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yawgmoth eventually killed by Urza. Um, I don't know if we ever actually talked about um, Urza killing Yawgmoth on our Urza episode, but uh, no, we did the Brothers War specifically. I, I think we did up to the Brothers War, and then I yeah. said eventually I'd talk about Yawgmoth dying. Never ended up getting there, but the Phyrexians were pushed back. Uh, but never fully fully defeated, kind of like cockroaches, kind of like mold. Like it's really hard to completely obliterate them. If there's yeah. even a small trace of them left, they'll keep reproducing and keep growing. Um, and eventually, they they sunk their teeth into this land, Mirrodin. Um, so we'll, today we're going to talk about Mirrodin. We're going to talk a bit about the transition from Argentum to Mirrodin to New Phyrexia, and then we're going to end up with some kind of setting the setting the scene for new phyrexia and and where our adventures are as they exit the meat shaft as we called it uh and looking out over the great furnace uh layer of uh new phyrexia yeah and then after that we'll probably have four more episodes setting the scene for yeah, exactly another scene that exactly. we'll finally get to <laughs> well they're gonna so they're gonna leave the meat shaft they're gonna go to the first village and we're gonna need an episode to set the scene for that village the volshock village yeah. you know and right uh, you know it it, it adds up uh, <laughs> if you like these episodes, I guess is a, this is a good time to mention it. Uh, like Peter said, join the Discord and let us know. Because uh, if someone doesn't tell me to stop, I fucking won't. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Mirrodin's environments and inhabitants mixed organic and metallic from razor or from sharp razor grass that grew fast enough to impale unfortunate humans to oceans that flowed with an unusual form of quicksilver. Even the most delicate flower was made of metal. That is horrible. Quicksilver is slang for mercury. Mm-hmm. If people don't know that I I only found out recently. So it's uh, very tremendously poisonous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The comics get much, much more different when you realize that the silver surfer was giving everyone mercury poisoning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Getting taller when it was warm and then giving everybody poisoning. <laughs> uh, so the intelligent beings who walked Mirrodin uh, were no less strange. An odd mishmash of muscle and steel. Artifact creatures also walked the planet. Some seem to have come about naturally, while some have been artificially created. So there's okay. ki- kind of this... Um, there's life on, on the plane. Uh, you guys will remember last time in the Memnark episode that uh or when we talked about my mark rather uh during the last episode that uh he was kidnapping different uh biological beings and trying to create planeswalker sparks with them to turn himself into right. a planeswalker yeah uh, so we'll talk a bit more about memnark we'll talk a bit more about about who he is what he what what made him tick um we won't talk about his death that that could be the next episode, not talking about Elspeth, but talking about uh, <laughs> a character named Glissa who eventually goes on to kill Memnark. Um, but we'll we're we're gonna ignore ignore that for this episode okay. because but I just for the moment this plane has somehow like naturally occurring like cyborg life, I guess. Yeah, it has some naturally occurring cyborg life and some okay. robots that were made by other robots or made by humans because there are tribes of elves, there's tribes of humans, there's okay. most of them imported by memnark most of the humans were imported by memnark and humanoids all brought brought here to simulate organic life or or just uh, produce organic life that he could maybe harvest 
uh, planeswalker sparks from <laughs> to take them for himself. Yeah, okay. he imports all the humans before he puts them in a big bin and steps on them with his bare feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the sparks. Yeah. They're all, they're all, it's only champagne if they're from the champagne region of France, right? right. <laughs> ah, yes. Is this a uh, authentic menarch? Oh, no, no, no. It, it's it's just simulated. It's just it's just fizzy wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's simply fizzing uh, fizzy marari. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, we didn't talk about well, we talked about last time they were headed to the uh, core of Mirrodin. They didn't end up actually reaching there because the Phyrexian uh, infestation was too great, too vast. They had like hollowed out the planet or hollowed out the plane to create like a Phyrexian construction laboratory, right? Where they were like harvesting Basically. biological material and fusing it with their mechanical bodies and creating more of them. Basically, yes. Um, yeah. Okay. But the core itself was a, an accessible place before the Phyrexians showed up. So when it was, when it was still mirrored in, there were these tunnels, um, the five gigantic tunnels, uh, which would lead okay. to the hollow center of Mirrodin. The tunnels themselves were called lacune. I don't know why. Why not just big ol? But uh, <laughs> there, was, there was one for each color. So there was a white tunnel, a red tunnel, a blue tunnel, a black tunnel, and a green tunnel. Okay. Uh, each tunnel leads to Mirrodin's core. The core itself, uh, called Tavrakshan, or Hall of the Eternal Sun by the Leonin, uh, was used by Memnarch to control the outer world. So uh, it was kind of like his base of operations. Uh, Memnarch spent most of his time there. Presumably Karn did as well. Uh, okay. It's kind of just easy access to any other part of Mirrodin. Mirrodin has uh, lands or like terrain that is shaped by mana colors just like okay. a, lo a lot of other planes and the tunnels each correspond to, they come from each of those, uh, okay. those areas. Essentially. I, you could survive at the center of the planet or at the center of the plane, rather the quickest point to anywhere else on the planet is obviously directly from what is essentially the intersection. Like the, the center of town yeah. is the closest place to everywhere else. Exactly. It's, it's like a subway or Metro station and they have the yeah. colors on ours too. When I take the green line, yeah, I feel go. all the life coming into me. Yeah, yeah we have the, the, the green line is, other than the blue line, is the worst. But yeah, we have the green mana line, we have the orange mana line, yellow mana line, and the blue mana line, right? Yeah. And maybe sometime Only soon the pink mana line. That's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at the center of this globular space, suspended in the air, is a blinding circle of light. This ball of pure mana is known as the mana core. Meriden's okay. Mirrodin's core provides a brilliant and otherworldly sight with shining metallic surfaces everywhere, reflecting the intense light of the mana core. So, uh, again, it was the plane of mathematical perfection. Karn found a vacant plane uh, and crafted it to be Argentum, the plane of mathematical perfection, right. where, where he just made everything machine, everything metal, you know. Uh, so the core is no different. It's this shining silvery metal all over the place, and it's just got this blinding white light at the center of it, probably just like giving Jamie, Jamie a sunburn yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, you need your face cream before you go in <laughs> uh, so uh, like I've said a few times now before uh, the plane was called Meriden it was sculpted it was sculpted by the silver golem Karn uh, who named it Argentum it was during Karn's time that a troubling vision arose so we know that there was distress in other parts of the multiverse while Karn was hanging out here. Uh, great time rifts were opening up across Dominaria, affecting the flow of magic across the infinite planes, and Argentum was no exception. Karn 
either before this or sometime during this would send the Mirari to Dominaria to monitor it, to spy on it. Um, and it would eventually break, uh, turning into this weird M- MacGuffin-like item that grants wishes. But I don't know how a spy satellite turns into a genie lamp, but it, it got there somehow, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it was really just a, like more of a coincidence than anything. You know, like how like there there are like it, it, like older science stories of just like wow yeah like we clumsily accidentally discovered nitroglycerin when the first guy blew himself to smithereens and then the <laughs> second guy was just like wow that's going to be valuable at some point it just so happens that it you know it was just it was completely completely accidental uh, damn our whole fr- <laughs> the whole franchise is called magic i think we can let this one go yeah true <laughs> no god damn it it feels like it feels like a big leap even for magic james okay uh, <laughs> Uh, you you could basically say a spy satellite and a and a genie lamp are like two different planes of existence. You can't even reach them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, these these rifts are opening up in Dominaria. They're affecting the flow of magic to all other realms because Dominaria is the center of magic in the multiverse. And Argentum is, is one about uh, above uh, Venser's home. Or was it close by or something? There was one above Venser's home, yeah. And they, okay. they ended up getting sucked into it by Venser's teleport machine, and right. they met Nico Bolas on the other end of it. And ended up like accidentally freeing his spirit, which had been trapped in the meditation realm by a, yeah. by a guy. Japanese-sounding um, one. Like yeah. A guy with the most normal-sounding name. Exactly, exactly. Um, so these, these rifts in Dominaria are, are affecting Argentum. Strained by the fluctuating magic from Dominaria's rifts, the core began to shed spheres, which rose like great stars into the sky above the plane. Four in total, one for white, blue, black, and red. They came to be known as the moons of Mirrodin. Some people called them the suns of Mirrodin. Um, but basically... on their horror, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you'll notice green is suspiciously vacant. Uh, and if we ever talk about Glissa, we'll talk about the green sun. Um, okay. But I, again, hard to fit into this episode with everything else. We're all the other fun and exciting things we're going to talk about on this episode, right? Huh. I've been called suspiciously vacant as well. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> your walls certainly are. <laughs> yeah. You're just you're like the you're like when Neo in the Matrix meets God, and you're just sitting in that like vacant room, like. <laughs> yeah oh you do have the you do have like a really good beard going these days like like trim good shape you could easily be the architect from the matrix yeah <laughs> there we go <laughs> i snap my finger and empty beer cans and yeah entire liquor store shelves come sliding through the empty <laughs> space <laughs> <laughs> just rattling glass along the way like <laughs> oh fantastic uh so while big and moon-like in many ways, these weren't actually moons. Um, the most notable reason why not is they don't seem to have a gravity. Well, uh, uh, this this plane doesn't have an FBI to put a, put put the put them oh, up right. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, whether or not because the real moon is a fake moon, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I get I've been told so many conspiracies recently that I get them all mixed up, and none of them make sense. So, it's, so yes, yes, a yeah. bit of both. It's it's not actually a planet; it's just a hole in the big blanket the government has over all of our Earth. Exactly. I, I heard the moon was owned by McDonald's, and it was actually made of chick- the inside of chicken McNuggets before they were fried. Ha! 
Oh. <laughs> uh, so Amy the- over here laughing like Edna Krabappel. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, thinking of that video where the, they show these kids like how chicken nuggets are made and like all the goopy stuff coming out. And they're like, now do you still want chicken nuggets, kids? And they're all like, yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, these moons aren't real. They're made of chicken nuggets. Um, they don't <laughs> They don't affect the tides of the Quicksilver Sea, um, for example, but they do orbit the plane like moons or suns would, um, and they do so irregularly. So each one moves on its own orbit, its own timing, and even those timings seem to be able to change kind of at will. Okay, uh, so the horoscopes are fucked on this plane, right? Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, oh. you really need to rely on them. You really need to check the newspaper because who the who the fuck knows when Mercury is in retrograde? You know what I mean? Mercury oh, just I... Mercury che- comes and goes as it pleases. Fuck. I think it's called Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. Oh my bad. Yeah, not Mercury. <laughs> that's, uh, I that went way over right that's over extremely my extremely good. That's the the most cerebral joke we've ever told on this show. <laughs> um. So it's possible for all four suns or moons to be overhead at once, while it's also possible for none of them to be, uh, basically. Okay. How they operate, again, seems to be uh, dependent on the plot entirely. Uh, there is a, a book, a, a Magic the Gathering novel called specifically The Moons of Meriden, which is uh, where this lore comes from. Okay. Uh, so the motion of the moons through the sky is, of course, just like uh, in real life in uh, on Earth. Uh, of great importance to the various peoples of Meriden, uh, known as the Mirans. Uh, and most of them respect uh, most the sphere aligning to their principles. So, like I said, there's a red sphere and a white sphere and a, and a blue sphere. So the smart people are like, blue blue sun, best sun. Uh, okay. red, you know, angry, emotional people are, are like red sun, best sun. And they probably fight <laughs> over it, you know? And they all come up at different times, so they just start their days at different times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, one day where all the suns are up at once, the metro, all those tunnels are the worst. Oh, yeah, so busy. <laughs> so busy, man. <laughs> all the lacunae are just like uh, out of control. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you you can actually like get your, your work done because if you're if you got a team, uh, a red team, and they're working on the red shift and you're white, it's just like so disorderly, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so the goblins uh, of Meriden, for example, would pay reverence to the red sun, which they call the sky tyrant, and they throw wild ragers when the sphere is above Kuldotha, the great furnace, which is a volcano on Meriden, a metal volcano. Okay. Um, so, Are they metal goblins or regular goblins? They're regular goblins. Okay. Um, so Karn, yeah, they're, they're regular go- goblins, and they showed up before Memnarch started kidnapping people. They were there was some life around, but like um, okay. the elves specifically, uh, most of them were were kidnapped by Memnarch, not native to the plane. Uh, I don't think there was any trolls, which is like a random thing that Memnarch loved to ke- kidnap trolls, apparently. Um, okay, yeah. Which is Luring like, them out of hiding with like bridges under a little cardboard boxes. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and they just like drop the box over the bridge and the troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so Karn sees these moons rising from from the core, basically, where he's hanging out. And is like, hmm, that's uh, interesting. That's uh, not something I expected to see today. He's just like having that's his coffee. That's not very mathematical of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he's like, okay, I got to go figure out what's going on with these time rifts. Time for me to go. Memnarch, you're in charge. 
here's the keys, right? Yeah. Uh, so Memark would rebrand uh, when he when it's left in his care. Um, he he calls it Meriden. Um, you'll recall, as we've kind of mentioned now, Memnark is a Pokemon evolution of the Mirari, where uh, yeah, you know, they fed him the the Silverstone, and he he evolved into Memnark from the Mirari. Okay. Uh, left alone for the first time, Memnark quickly became a junkie, addicted to the sweet glistening oil that Karn had carelessly left in the unlocked liquor cabinet. Uh, oh. In his father's absence, Memnark trashed the place and changed the locks on the doors so Karn could not return. That is how I got drunk for the first time as well. <laughs> my uh, dad and my stepmom left Stuart and I at home alone and my buddy Stuart. And we were just like, I'm sure there's booze hidden somewhere. It wasn't hidden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to a friend's place whose parents uh, loved them some drink and would just hot tub all night every time I went to go visit. So we just got very drunk in the basement and they didn't even care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a friend's sister buy it for us, and then we we drank it all in the basement. Hot. Yeah. That that explains your fetish for tall women that can toss you over fences. Is older women getting you drunk for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> it explains a lot. It explains a lot. I won't lie. Yep. Look, we all want to get to- tossed over a fence by an Amazonian woman. Okay. We all like ourselves a good cougar. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we talked about this on the last episode, but the um. Memnarch found this stuff called glistening oil, which is like a relic of Phyrexia and ended up imbibing it and going crazy. And then this is when he went, uh, you know, full hostage taker, stealing people, trying to take their planeswalker sparks. Um, he blocked Karn from returning to the plane because he thought Karn was already there. Um, so he's just fully crazy. Oh, he had made like a like a like a dummy. Yeah, pretty and, much. And then Karn would have been gone for so long that he started to think that the real Karn was the imposter, exactly. that the dummy with the crudely drawn face on it yeah. was actually his dad or whatever. It, it was just a Karn brand volleyball, you know? And it's oh, uh, he, okay, start, yeah, he started yeah. to believe that it was Karn. Now, because um, he's the evolution of the Mirari. But now, like, I've seen him, and again, I'm a visual person, so I don't know if you can, you, you'll can you be able to answer this. Was he like a grotesque spider robot when he evolved, or did the Phyrexian fluid make him worse? Uh, it's it's hard to tell. I don't I don't know I don't know if there's any art of him not looking like that. Okay. You know, like pre. Yeah. I the whole timeline is is obviously pretty muddy. A lot of it comes from books, which wouldn't have had art specifically for every given yeah. event. Um, so to me, it seems like every iteration of the cards that were printed with art uh, seem to be after he's already lost his mind and he he's gone mad and he's the the leader of of uh, Meriden. Yeah, because I know like the the magic art tends to follow a bit of a timeline. Sometimes, like you've got young hot Urza and old Urza and Urza who's just ahead. Like those three cards are three, yeah, stages in his life. I didn't know if it was the same thing for because I know the Mirari is a card, and I know that um, Memnark is a card. I didn't know if there was like an intermediate non crazy Memnark card. The the War Turtle phase. There's there's not as far as I know. There's not. Yeah, yeah, like a blue white instead of a blue black or whatever the fuck he ends up being. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he goes crazy, changes the locks on the doors. Um, so it seems like the, uh, the screen door, but, uh, yeah. Karn's figure it, out. <laughs> yeah. it seems, uh, that the suns rising from Meriden's core weren't the only dire portents, uh, in effect when Karn left. Um, he, he didn't see the growing, uh, towers of mycosynth, uh, or maybe he was, he was too preoccupied when he left, or maybe he left just before they started spreading up, but. Uh, the core itself 
began to sprout towers of of pure mycosynth, which is a strangely metallic fungal organism. So it's uh, mush okay. mushrooms, but metal, uh, essentially. Nice. Uh, from these towers at the core were released spores which spread throughout the plane, changing metal to flesh and causing metallic growths in the skin of organic beings, while giving the artifact creatures above the gift of being living organisms who can die of old age and become diseased. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, tr- truly Pinocchio had it better as a puppet. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, there's that, that midpoint stage of Pinocchio where he's like a boy with wooden sores, and that's the very <laughs> part of the fairy tale. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, th- things were not looking good for our fresh-faced boy Pinocchio because Mirrodin was being overrun by our old friends, the Phyrexians. Okay. Some metal-infused inhabitants of Mirrodin were a perfect breeding ground for the spread of Phyrexian corruption, which made them even stronger at the same time that it corroded their minds and bodies. So, again, artifact creatures like uh, Memnark, um, they, they were uh, fertile soil for the Phyrexian virus, while also being, you know, pretty strong because machine lift good. Um, <laughs> but it made, it made them crazy, you know, drinking the, drinking the Kool-Aid made them, made them lose it a bit, so... Okay. Yeah. Uh, an example, a couple examples of this, and this is just uh, this is fan service for you fans out there. Um, you know, there's a card, the Dark Steel Colossus, uh, and there's a card, the Blight Steel Colossus, and they're the same. So the Dark Steel Colossus was before the Phyrexian uh, infection, and then it became the Blight Steel Colossus whenever it was infected. Same okay. goes. Same goes for the etched Oracle and the etched Monstrosity. Oh, first it had pistons, then it was pissed off. uh that is an extra good joke because piston is spelled pissed on so yep uh so as the nascent civilization of phyrexia expanded in secret it struggled to evolve a unified purpose and it and the danger for the plane of mirrodin grew until it evolved into new phyrexia so uh they got to work phyrexia did as they do the whole thing with um the main difference is the original Phyrexia had been a unified plane, mostly black magic, under the rule of Yogmoth. Whereas now it's a plane with five distinct uh, mana profiles and no real single leader. So it's just all this evolving life with, you know, no god to believe in. And Sounds like conflict has to. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, please. Yeah, it just it sounds like conflict has to happen. Everything's growing up and under so many different rules. So, yeah, and uh, I, I was going to say it seems like it's a much more like natural progression because I I don't really know what the Phyrexians are, but they can clearly grow from this fluid. So it really is just like they are basically like a fungus or a mold. So it's more like a natural progression, like the chaos of evolution and just letting nature, you know, nature like take care of itself instead of having someone responsible go in and destroy it every once in a while. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what we're doing? Being responsible? Doesn't feel like it. I, mean, I think those trees don't know what the fuck they're planning. They're like <laughs> cracking up the pavement and shit. That's unsafe. Someone could twist an ankle. Gotta cut it down. <laughs> uh, heaven forfeit. Uh, so uh, keen on cracking ankles, I guess you could say. Uh, the they fo- are true devils. <laughs> the, the, the Phyrexians, it's kind of a double-edged sword, this evolving into all five manas. So uh, the previous incarnation of Phyrexia, it was all fueled by colorless artifact mana and the black mana of decay and death, like I said. 
This time, the Phyrexians infiltrated all five colors and thus brought war on all fronts. This had the unintended consequence of factionalizing the Phyrexians based on their color alignment. Oh. So even they can't can't seem to find unity of purpose. Uh, can't cross the the mana lines to, to work together uh, all the time. Uh, so now you basically have like a Phyrexian parliament with a, there's like four different parties of yeah. twisted oh. mechanical horror all trying to get, get their own shit done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, except for five different parties, but... Oh, okay, it was it was five five. Oh, right, sorry, because I minus one in my head and was wrong. It's minus one moon, but the 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 green mana still exists on Mirrodin. Oh, the moon, okay. The moon simply doesn't exist. Entirely. No. Yeah. yeah, most like like we do in real Canadian politics. We just ignore the green party. <laughs> <laughs> I voted green. That feels bad. Uh, <laughs> um, so each each al- there's basically five alignments of Phyrexians now. Okay, they work together. To an extent, they all seem to be keen on furthering their own goals for their own reasons. Uh, they all kind of want the same goal, which is, you know, Phyrexia overtaking everything. They all they all seem to be driven by that purpose. It's mostly like, what's the most efficient way to get there that they all seem to differ on? You know what I mean? Uh, where like White's like, oh, you know, we should be super have a schedule on when we invade which planes and, you know... You know, how we process everybody coming in, whereas Black is like, you're taking all the fun out of it, man. I want to just, like, you know, let it happen. Yeah. Black is the, the ankle twisters, and, and White is the cut down the trees so people don't cut, twist their ankles before <laughs> we turn them into horrible monsters. Right, okay. right, right. But, I mean, you don't want to mix up the hand meat with the foot meat and the thigh meat with the bicep meat and all that crap either. Yeah, when ex- you're, exactly. Yeah, come on. yeah, makes bad sausages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great hot dogs, though. <laughs> So um, each alignment gains a, a Praetor uh, to, to rule over them. Praetor is, I believe, Roman? I actually didn't look up the rank. Yeah, yeah. as far as I know. Each, uh, a Praetor is each of two ancient Roman magistrates ranking below consul. So, uh, cool. That's do, another rank that I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Do with that information <laughs> what you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're going to go into each of the Praetors. Uh, the colors that they they work with, and kind of how uh, what what's the deal with each of these colors, and then we'll okay. we'll probably wrap this episode up. You're giving the party platform basically for each. Yeah, it's essentially, essentially. Okay. So um, for white, the white uh, Phyrexians are known as the Machine Orthodoxy. Uh, they're led by Elish Norn, who holds the title of Grand Cenobite. I also don't know what Cenobite means, but. Uh, Cenobites are, oh, they're from Hellraiser. There you go. Uh, extra, med- <laughs> extra dimensional beings who are mutilated and brainwashed into torturing humans for all of eternity in the labyrinth. So, cool. Uh, Elish Norn, leader of the uh, white Phyrexians, is known as the Grand Cenobite. You know, uh, I, I think we can all make some some assumptions about what she likes to do. Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound good. <laughs> um, she's the white Praetor of Unity. Her philosophy falls in line with the ideal of a fascist unified theocracy. Uh, she is currently the dominant praetor. So the uh, in whatever whatever timeline we're looking at in New Phyrexia, White currently sits at the top of the food chain. Okay, they're they're top dog, if you will. Okay, so she's managed to get like straighten out the sidewalks, cut down the trees, and is currently kind of dictating to the rest of the Phyrexian praetors, like. She's yeah. got the majority, basically. She won the fights. Yeah, she wants to twist people's ankles, 
But she does. She doesn't want random bumps in the sidewalk to do it. She wants to pull people over, you know, take them into a room, oh, twist yeah, their yeah, ankles yeah. manually, send them back into the population. Log yeah. it because she's a true bureaucrat. <laughs> exactly. State twisted ankles is her platform. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's fascist something theocracy? A fascist unified theocracy. So she. What's thinks a theocracy? Ruled by uh, religion. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she wants, so again, it's the machine orthodoxy. Is It's kind of like a religion that they follow. And we'll get it. Uh, well, I have a quick blurb about the machine orthodoxy itself. Okay. But basically she wants. So only, she, machines are, are, only machines are cool because she's a fascist, right? And then. What and could, what could turn losing. water into wine other than a machine? It would have to be some sort of machine, right? Yeah, absolutely. You <laughs> <laughs> can turn water into quicksilver. <laughs> Uh, don't drink this. Um, yeah, so the White Aligned Phyrexians under the guidance of Elis Norn are a very literalist religious organization called the Machine Orthodoxy. They worship a form of scripture called the Argent Etchings, but divide themselves into smaller sects. Uh, three of the most prominent sects include the Flesh Singularity, the, por- the Porcelain Legion, which sounds toilety, <laughs> and the Disciples of Karn. Okay, so I was going to ask if the Argent etchings were completely misinterpreted notes left behind by Karn before he left the plane. Um, yes and no, and I okay. think we'll we'll get a bit more into. Uh, I know I keep saying we'll we'll keep doing this on future episodes, but um, it does make the most sense to talk more about this and more about Karn. We're on the quest for Karn, though, right? That's kind of what this okay. whole this whole thing has been. So we'll find Karn eventually. Uh, it is important to know that these argent etchings are from Karn uh, and the white people, the white Phyrexians obviously relate to Karn, the God of mathematical perfection because they love order and they love, you know, all this, everything laid out, blah, blah, blah. They, they, you know, they like their, their ducks in a row essentially. And Karn was all about yeah. predicting, like writing um, mathematical formulas to predict how ducks would line up. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the machine orthodoxy, uh, seeks to unify the multiverse as Phyrexia in either a perfect hierarchy or a level playing field. So they're like, we we can everybody can we can have individuality as long as it is as long as it is strictly structured, or every, everybody's you know everybody's the same, no merit, no nobody nobody's ranked on merit, perfect communism, or we can have capitalism, but it's got to be regulated essentially yeah the kind of enforced equality is where the fascism come from definitely with the uh with with their kind of kind of government yeah exactly it's no half measures do one or the other but we do it all the way yeah we're doing it perfectly <laughs> no quitters uh no no quitters in the orthodoxy baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the uh we'll talk a bit about the the sex here um the flesh singularity sex 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 Dude, there's 69 different sects. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, the flesh singularity tries to achieve total unity by literally flaying the creatures that inhabit the lands and sewing them back together. So cool. That reminds me of the many uh, from System Shock Two, which is essentially the exact same thing. It's like a hive mind that seeks to liquefy all organic matter into its biomass to achieve perfect equality. So that's that's go. pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. Uh, System Shock 2 lore coming at you. That's a little bonus tidbit. Um, the Porcelain Legion uh, repurposes and adapts creatures by implanting white metal plates into their bodies, 
all white Phyrexians have this porcelain-like metal on their bodies. And here, I'll get you a... I'll so you're going to Jamie pull up the clip? Yeah, I'll get you a picture of the Grand Cenobite herself. To it show better you. not be a toilet with spooky skeleton arms. Oh, God. <laughs> that's on the map. In the meantime, I don't know if anybody else out there got Floor the King on that epic game store for free, but that is a fun turn-based game to play with your friends. <laughs> uh, Check that out. Yeah, so I sent you guys a picture of, of what she looks like, uh, Ella Shinorn. Um She's pretty hot. Yeah, but those those white metal plates that you see on her, uh, yeah. like her face is made of these kind of like hammerhead sharking white metal plates that end in sharp tips. Uh, all the white Phyrexians have that white metal oh that's her head oh fuck yeah dude uh you said hot i was like sure okay yeah yeah Uh, i thought she was carrying something yeah she does look like she could throw you over a fence i'll say (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought she was looking to the left not directly at us yeah that those things are huge man she's got a giant dome oh yeah (laughs) um and the disciples of karn finally uh previously held karn himself hostage at one point in the hope of pushing him ever deeper into insanity to glean leadership out of his madness. So there's a little sneak peek at what's coming in the future for us. Huh? My God. Uh, so that's that's the weird ambition. Sorry, uh, it's just a, <laughs> it's it's just like yeah, like the Romans kidnapped Jesus and tortured him to be crazy, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> then his mad ramblings became the, <laughs> became the religion following that. <laughs> yeah, I mean the hope of pushing him ever deeper into insanity seems very not white to me like very not white aligned chaotic yeah because it's like it's like oh like what is the flesh singular you want to do like unity of purpose because we're going to make everybody one person uh you yeah. know the porcelain legion everybody has the same hats everybody wears the same hats very orderly uh yeah. and then these guys are like we want to make a guy crazy why <laughs> uh so he could teach us stuff <laughs> uh so it was really weird i read it i was like mm, okay I, I don't get it but sure um it's- more like a red thing to do yeah red even blue like hey the, the you know obviously very smart like well we'll see how far we could push him as an academic exercise uh yeah but yeah yeah um so let's uh, speaking of blue let's talk about blue um the blue uh phyrexians are part of an organization called the progress engine that's um, scary they're, <laughs> they're led by someone named Jin Gitaxius. I'll uh, once more start pulling up clips here. I could have probably prepped all these. Uh. Jin Gitaxia. Jin Gitaxius. Us. Is. Us. Okay. Us. A.S. Progress Engine sounds like a by any means necessary sort of organization. This is Ellis Norn again. That is. The copy image didn't work. They look so similar. <laughs> Spitting image, one one might say. Um, so, oh god, uh, I don't trust that guy. He looks like something that fucking Todd McFarlane would have created in the nineties. <laughs> so, yeah, his fingers have more joints than like most people's limbs. Like it's weird to look at. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got, like batwing knuckles <laughs> and a, clearly a screaming crocodile head. Like that's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jenga Tactics is known as the core auger. Um, the Blue Praetor of Experimentation. Uh, he leads his faction towards subver- subversive experimentation to understand and exploit their enemies. So, much like Blue, he's the guy in charge of dissecting, you know, uh, he's the he's the, the Praetor in charge of learning how the sausage is made. 
okay. <laughs> you should experiment with a posture check or something, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, Look at that. Hunched over. Yeah. Well, you've got to hunch over. You've got to hunch over constantly to force in all of your meat into your science grinder, and then once you see what comes out of the end, if it's not a sausage yet, you got to keep grinding up meat. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Um. So blue, they love to experiment, like always. Uh, they're they work out of the ruined halls of somewhere called the Lumen Grid, um, just part of the the blue terrain in uh, in Mirrodin. Uh, it's a name drop. It's a card, Lumen Grid. So uh, it's for the listeners who. who... Yeah, exactly. Uh, they hold their, themselves to a higher degree of perfection than the other factions and pursue what they refer to as the Great Synthesis. They conduct experiments in various laboratories scattered across the Quicksilver Sea, described as slaughterhouse-like, creating new life forms and technology. Okay, uh, so Jamie, you are right. Uh, your uh, your constant sausage grinding. <laughs> yep. never, <laughs> never never stop sausage grinding. That's what that's why I always say. Um, <laughs> A B S G. Always be sausage, sausage grinding. grinding. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so they have these slaughterhouses. They're the most organized group so far, uh, with at least ten observable ranks. So they have a hierarchy. Where uh, okay, a lot of the other ones, it's kind of like Praetor, everybody else, uh, except okay. except for Black. We'll get into Black. We've actually talked a bit on the last episode about Black. Maybe you guys remember. Maybe you guys don't. But is the meat shaft? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was in the meat shaft. They met somebody okay. who uh, who had a title. Uh, yeah, who we all thought was pretty cool. Or which we all thought was pretty cool. One of the uh, one of the great experiments, however, that the progress engine or is um, working on is called the meld web, in which the original pools of insight are filled with the brains of hundreds of sentient beings, all networked together. So they're just uh, they're just linking brains like car batteries and seeing uh, seeing how much juice they can suck out of those bad boys. I see. Okay. They're basically building computers, I guess, in a way, where they're just like a, a bunch of grains of sand lined up, but the grains of sand to them are human brains. You could DDoS somebody else's brain with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a DDoS server uh, for, the, for the rest of the multiverse, essentially. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, that's blue. Uh, now we can talk about black, and maybe this will, will give you guys some insight about who we were talking about. Uh, their organization's called the Seven Steel Thanes. Uh, and we we had oh, yes. we had met one of these steel things essentially um, last time, but they're not. Uh, weirdly enough, they're not led by a uh, thane. They're Are led, they led by a jarl or something. Do they keep those ranks? <laughs> no, they're led by uh, uh, a woman named Shieldred, the Whispering One. I, I sent the uh, the post oh. to you guys. Also, also could probably throw you over a fence. Uh, Shieldred, the Whispering One, is the Black Praetor of Enslavement. Um, she's the most traditional leader, you know, down to earth, rooted in rooted in in her people's history. She believes in wholesale slaughter and subjugation. You know what I mean? Okay, well that's good. She's she is. Uh, everybody gets their ankle twisted. Everybody gets we their ankle twisted as soon as we can. She's like four legs with like teeth down by where uh, a normal person's genitals might be. <laughs> and then just like a pretty lady sticking out the top though yeah like I, I wanted to point i wanted to ask out like which mouth is she whispering from is it like the normal looking mouth in her like kind of 
feminine succubus head, or is it the gigantic reptile mouth that she, in so the grundle in, in the in her grundle exactly? I mean, <laughs> shouldn't there be at least a little bit of mystery in a relationship, Peter? Come on, <laughs> yeah. She kind of looks like Asmodan in Diablo Three, except the, for the pretty lady part. Yeah, yeah, she sure. does. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty horrific, all in all. Um, yeah. if, for the for the listeners at home, look up Shieldred, which, hearing me say it, I'm sure you instantly know how to spell it. It's very, <laughs> very simple to spell, right? Uh, yeah, look up Black Praetor of Enslavement. That probably turns it up, too. Although Praetor itself is also not the most straightforward word to spell. I'm sure you guys will figure it out. <laughs> P-R-A-E-T-O-R. That's the one. Uh, so, so yeah, she's, she's the most, uh, traditional leader. Uh, she probably had been at the forefront of uh, Phyrexian forces, but her forces were defeated by Elish Norns uh, at, at some point. We're, yeah, she's more organized. Yeah, we won't get into the whole uh, warring factions, all that stuff. Uh, too, too much, just, just setting the scene for them. Um, but it, the white the white Phyrexians are in charge now. The black Phyrexians probably were in charge or at least vying for control before they were pretty much entirely decimated by the white Phyrexians. Okay. Uh, the Black Aligned Phyrexians are out for total and other corruption, slaughter, and enslavement. Um, for the moment, they're led by Shieldred, but always subject to change in a, uh, a society which really does value mutation and evolution over every- anything else. Uh, Someone could poison her mercury drink with, I don't know, clean water at the <laughs> end of the night. <laughs> her lying butler. <laughs> so, Cuddles up and is like, Madam, uh, good night. I, I- Good night to you, new Shordreth, as well. Thank you, Matt. Yes. I'm retired to my quarters. Which and- mouth does she drink from, though? We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's how you get it. Yeah. It's, it's the one that she doesn't whisper from. Uh, <laughs> oh. So she's at the top of a food chain of Thanes, uh, who are all fighting a war of succession to be named the Father of the Machines. So... I, I assume that she's she's like, hey, I'm I'm like a spider lady. I'm looking for a suitable husband to have sex with, then eat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. So the thanes are Cranox, the deep thane, described as masculine. He lords over the corrupting Phyrexian oil and hopes to construct a different fourth layer as a slick oil-covered vista, also known as the many-legged one. Um, so I guess I put this in. I kind of jumped the shark a bit here, but the Phyrexians are creating spheres out of Mirrodin. So there's okay. there's the inner sphere. They create a sphere called the furnace layer, which is where um, uh, Elspeth and the gang jumped out at the end of the the meat shaft episode, the last episode. They right, they fought their way out into that into that that portion of it. Right? They emerge into something called the great furnace, and these right. are, these are like layers in Phyrexia. So they're building like a layer cake out from the center. And okay. there's three right now. There was seven in the original Phyrexia, so they're building it in the image of the original Phyrexia. Um, and he's like, I have an idea for a, for a new sphere. It'll just be oil. Oil as far as the eye can see. Um, he, Cranox, is known as the many-legged one. Um, just because my, my keyboard's clicky, I'm not going to look up all these for you guys, but feel free to, sure. to try, and spe- try and spell them and find them. Uh, <laughs> I like how he's called the many-legged one, despite the fact that the last, one, the last woman we looked at clearly had six limbs already. It's just like, okay, well... What's the reference here? Is it is it twenty? Is it just a centipede with like a buff dude's torso or something? Like, you know, centipedes don't never have a hundred legs. Like never do because I, they I always like I weighed it and he was like good enough. 
because they <laughs> they have anywhere between 30 and like 300 and, but it's always uh, an odd amount of body like spine parts where they would have two legs coming out so they might have like 100 or like 100 and something but never a hundred. I don't. I watched a Vsauce today about it, and he said it a lot better than I did. But seems like he watched a chunk of a Vsauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seems exactly. like you were playing for the king while you had a Vsauce on in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah. So many legs. Definitely not a hundred. We'll say maybe a hundred and one, maybe ninety nine, but definitely not a yeah. hundred legs. Uh, he's a real pop country bro. If he wants an entire like oil sphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's okay. he's very Texas. Uh, okay. Roxith, the Thane of Rot, described as masculine again. He lords over flesh used as a building and sculpting material. So he has like a pile of gooey flesh that he's like, I'm an ar- I'm an architect. Frank Lloyd Roxith, the architect. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Ongo Goblogian, Ongo Roxith, the, the architect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has plans to design the fifth layer of this new Phyrexia made entirely of flesh. So he's like, hey. You know what, Cranox buddy? You got an idea for a layer? I got an idea for a layer. What's yours? Pure oil? Pure flesh. Go figure, huh? Uh, <laughs> the fact that he's, the, this really does sound like the Bachelorette, considering she's very clearly like modeled up like a queen <laughs> ant or a queen bee or something. Yeah, yeah. Where she has to give the the metallic, like semi, like the, the cyborg rose to one of these guys at the end of the season. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, this is all their individual date episodes where it's just like, yeah, I, uh, I was just hoping that like maybe we could like get together and then before you eat me we could like make an entire sphere out of pure oil or whatever and then, <laughs> yeah. yeah so they've all got their different archetype for for the bachelorette pretty much yeah. pete so you're setting yourself up for an extra hard art because not only do you have to draw one character you have to draw all of them one, so, uh, including I, I, one with either 99 or 101 legs we're not sure yeah. yeah. I, really? I just remembered why by the way it's the body set you, if you had 50 it'll never have 50 body segments which will always have a leg on each side it's always an even amount or an odd amount of body like of uh, body, body segments. segments okay so it would be either 51 or 49 which would give you a um, 98 or 102 gotcha oh, okay. that makes sense um, yeah. And I want to say, Jamie, I'm glad that you and I are on the exact same wavelength because yeah. as I was speaking that sentence, my conscience was telling me, it's like, Pete, that's going to be a lot of work if they like that. Cool. So all the listeners at home, you guys already know that this is, is the art and Pete put in all that extra work. So <laughs> you're welcome. I got a, I got a real job. So it might take a good <laughs> an extra day, but sure. <laughs> um, the next the next of the Thanes is Geth, the one that we met. He's Lord of the yeah. Vault. The self-described Thane of Steel, Geth's undead severed head was offered a deal to give him a necrotechnical body in exchange for his help in the Phyrexian attempt to gain a foothold on Meriden's surface. Oh, necrotechnical! <laughs> <laughs> uh, as his reward, he was returned his lordship over Isha, the Vault of Whispers. So he was like the mayor of this place, the Vault of Whispers, when it was still Meriden. New Phyrexian, new, under new management, they cut off his head, say, hey, you can have your old job back. And he said, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Asax Azog is known as the Demon Thane. He lords over others with fear and brutality. Uh, Thrissic, the Writhing Thane, described as a snake. He fought with Roxlith for a while. Uh, he believes in an everlasting and ever-improving cycle of destruction and resurrection. So he's like... Like yeah, he's like fighting with people like, yo, bro, come on, come on, let's let's destroy each other so we can like be built into stronger things and all the other things are like, fuck off, dude. Like, I just, <laughs> just want to make my flesh plane. 
I wouldn't choose that guy because if you got to sleep next to him in bed forever and he's just writhing all the time, it's like, oh yeah, 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 hard sounds to uncomfortable. Hard to sleep. You need to get one of those adjustable mattresses. Oh, what's your oh, sleep yeah. number? Thrissic, the writhing thane. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's your episode title. <laughs> uh, the last thane, the seventh thane, is Varan, the thane of blood. He is a compliated, and I think we talked about compliation. It's just the fancy term for turning something into a Phyrexian. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, <laughs> okay. he's a DIY Phyrexian vampire who leads a group of vampiric assassins. Presumably Why you gotta always well. be so compliated? Right, they do. Uh, so now that's black. Let's talk about red. Um, the Quiet Furnace, led by Urabrask the Hidden, the Red Praetor of Industry. His philosophy is more industrious than his blue counterpart, building greater and greater artificial monstrosities and weapons. The Red Mana Trait of Independent make Independence, excuse me, makes this faction the least like the original Hive Mind makeup of Phyrexia. So they're the farthest from their forefathers, and. Uh, he was also destroyed by uh, the White Forces, or gets destroyed by the White Forces eventually. Um, okay, yeah. So the red-aligned Phyrexians built the Furnace Layer of Mirrodin. They're, they're the ones that did that work. Based, okay. based on a similar layer of old Phyrexia. So there was a Furnace Layer. They were like, we had a wood stove at the old place. Really liked a wood stove. Let's build a new wood stove. And Black is like, you want to build it out of pure flesh? And they're like, metal's good. Thank you, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The smell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, their primary function was to tend to the forges present there, building weaponry and recycling failed Phyrexians and Mirans alike. During the war days, they emerged to the surface in the mountains of Mirrodin and expanded onto the surface. So the furnace layer kind of broke through to the other layers. While the majority of these Phyrexians still dwell in the depths of the world, several now populate the Oxida chain, beasts designed in the fashion of Mirren animals. So there's... Phyrexian animals like now, not just uh, not just peoples, basically. Okay, they wanted pets, or just like oh, yeah, well, essentially a little bit more more uh, pastoral, a bit more naturalistic. What if we had like a deer and like some bunnies, but yeah. they were all twist- twisted abominations, like yeah, the rest. Of- but then okay. the ab- the abominable deer started to eat too many uh, young trees, which caused the rivers to change. So then they had to introduce uh, Phyrexian wolves to combat the deer populations. It was it was a very uh, snake or gorilla eat snake situation if you will lizard snake gorilla situation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so red phyrexians also differ from the others in that they have strong emotions um also the independence like i said and as such they actually develop empathy for some of the mirans so uh. this is the these are the only phyrexians to be like life you know certainly interesting study but also kind of interesting to leave alone on its own sometimes um, while still brutal creatures, their empathy proved strong enough to allow them to let Mirren survivors dwell on their lair, though they, they kind of just treat them like they don't exist. It's like they, it's, it's less, it's, they didn't, they don't have them, they don't have dogs, but maybe they have cats. They're just like, yeah, it lives in my apartment with me. You know what I mean? Feeds itself, okay. you know, shits in a box. They're fine. Shit. <laughs> um, to hide this secret. Uh, as well as to avoid having to deal with other factions, Urabrask demanded that all access to the Furnace Layer be denied to the other factions, isolating oh. himself and his servitors. The surface Phyrexians in the mountains serve as guardians to the entrances to the Furnace Layer. So he's hiding the fact he has like a stray cat from yeah. the Bachelorette. Yeah, exactly. Mom would never let him have. Mom would never let him keep it. You know, uh, okay. it's got worms. It's always rubbing its ass on the carpet. It's just a big mess. Yeah. 
Um, I hope they poke holes in the sphere so that it could breathe. <laughs> um, so for the most part, the other factions ignore the Quiet Furnace with the exception of the Progress Engine, Blue, uh, who is super paranoid about them. Uh, you know, uh, the dwarves uh, dig too greedily and too deep under that mountain of theirs. Yeah, but the progress engine also the fact that they're like the intellectuals, but like intellectuals taken to like an uncomfortable extreme would yeah. make them easily the most paranoid faction, obviously, because they're constantly in their own fucking heads. Exactly. Turning against each other and everyone else. Yeah. I mean, their whole thing is killing people and repurposing them. They must constantly be thinking about, oh, other people want to kill us and repurpose us, right? Yeah. <laughs> And they don't have any empathy, so it's the only thought process that they understand. Yeah, They have to buy all the gold before the economy collapses and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just realized I didn't send you guys a picture of uh, Ourobrask, so I threw that in the chat, and we'll move on to green. Uh, the Vicious Swarm, led by Vorinclex, the Voice of Hunger. Uh, the Green Praetor of Predation. Okay, uh, so the bestial... He's the he's the sexy Tarzan for Exian. Sure, yeah, I did post a picture of him in chat too. You can you can decide if that looks sexy Tarzan enough for you. He looks like a Zerg. Yeah, yeah. very Zerg like. Yeah. Um, both of them do. <laughs> all all of them kind of do a little, right? Yeah, like Urbas looks like uh, one of the flying ones that you can mutilisk. Build. He looks like a mutilisk, and then I don't know what the the second guy. He's really got like looks a like. hydralisk face, but not really the body. Yeah exposed bones though so is, he's got yeah, the chicken wing bone when you clear the meat in the middle he's got yeah. that as four yeah. mm. this is a uh, great uh audio drama for people who also don't know starcraft and don't know magic the gathering and just have no idea <laughs> no idea what we're talking about here uh they're all they're all spooky boys made of like bone and repurposed parts it looks like right um so vorinclex believes most in survival of the fittest uh which is kind of an easy a short a short leap if you will to eugenics uh, killing those deemed uh, yeah. to be weak, augmenting the great predators of Mirrodin. Uh, He's like a kind of like a cybernetic Spartan in that kind of way. Like they're throwing babies off cliffs and shit. Yeah, exactly. He's got uh, Vor in his name as well, so he's probably also has like tiny women walk into his mouth as a fetish. <laughs> or tiny women, <laughs> maybe both. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. We didn't ask. <laughs> we didn't ask. Uh, so the Green Line Phyrexians were among the first to strike. Uh, after you know mycosynth is, is spreading all the, these phyrexians are gaining power but a lot of them are kind of just like idly building their forces um the green were some of the first ones to go they were like hey survival of the fittest it's now or never baby hit the gas um they dominated the green aligned countryside of Mirrodin, known as the tangle quickly like all phyrexians the members of the vicious swarm believe that flesh is weak but unlike the other phyrexians they believe that new phyrexia should progress in a more natural way based on the roles of predation allowing the strong to emerge triumphant over the weak so they're like like natural themed that like the flesh is weak but we should go in a natural way but not with any kind of nature it should all be yeah yeah all all be machines it's more like amongst each other i think and i mean i I assume they see themselves as natural right like every everybody would have to um but i think it's more like hey like you guys are doing all these weird experiments and like playing with things we should just fight until like the strong ones emerge you know and then we'll eventually get the strongest ones out of us okay uh, and those people can be in charge you know um which obviously is very not white white is like we can have a hierarchy but it's got to be it's got to be ordained people got to vote you know it's yeah got, it's got to have a system There's no paperwork in the jungle and i don't fucking like it 
Yeah. Uh, so they believe that artificial engineering should be restricted to making predators more efficient and that sentience and sapience are curses inadequate when compared to the raw power of instinct. They're like, stop making things smart. We don't need more smart things. We've got enough smart things. Um, lacking any sort <laughs> terrible, of... Or- terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> lacking any sort of organization whatsoever, they are merely a massive variety of creatures that kill each other for the purpose of selecting the strongest. Okay. So I'm just... imagining much more like a bunch of just like biomechanical white guys with dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you might you might think red normally the most chaotic, but green for Phyrexians, definitely the most chaotic. Okay. Um there is, of course, hope for Mirrodin. As we know, there is a resistance. The Mirren resistance are the remnants of the Mirrens that continue to be alive or uninfected after the compilation of Mirrodin. Uh, they're composed mainly of Ariok, Volshok, Goblin, Leonin, all these uh, different furry people, uh, survivors <laughs> who were native to the plane, along with the uh, last remaining Moriok, Nurok, Silvok, Elf, Loxodon, and Vidalkin inhabitants of the plane who were brought there by Memnarch. Are Loxodon elephant people? Loxodon are elephant people. Good guess. Ah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, most most of the survivors uh, who are at the later stages of phyresis often die in the camps while they are cared for by those who are less sick, uh, others being the incorruptible who are immune to the effect of phyresis. So there is kind of just this, the spores are still in the air. You know, most people aren't Ellie from The Last of Us, but there are some people okay. like Ellie from The Last of Us who just, they don't get sick. Um, the resistance itself has no centralized leadership and instead are led by Koth, um, who's kind of a... Uh, on the wing uh, leader who you will recognize he's he is one of the incorruptible he's immune to the phyresis uh, and you'll recognize him as somebody who was forced to leave Mirrodin in search of a final fix to the bug problem the plane has been experiencing right um, so that's new phyrexia like I said I might diverge again next week before we get back to our intrepid explorers I'm not sure if it's not if it's not such an interesting story the moons of Mirrodin talking about Glissa and the death of Memnark I might just uh, jump back to uh, Smash Cut back to live and uh, we can jump in with Elspeth on the Furnace Layer in the search for Karn. Um, So I guess my task for you listeners at home is to let us know which you'd prefer. Let me know which you'd like. Uh, Still a few days to slam an email in there. Um, I promise we'll read it on air or just dumb comments if you guys want to leave comments in Discord for us to read and just call it out. Say like, hey, say this on air we'll probably say it unless it's like really shitty of you uh (laughs) we'll probably say it on air so all the info you need is at loreboys.com slash about do head there and uh uh get in touch with us please 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 now please peter what do you want to talk about today Hmm? the only important link that's not on the website is at loreboys podcast on instagram uh check in for all of our title cards and send us little messages and shit i i love getting contacted through instagram it's always nice uh, I was sent some stories uh, from, well, one one of the boys in Toronto, as far as I know, that's where he lives, uh, which was just like, send us your memes wherever you find them. Discord is always the best place, but yeah, uh, the Instagram is the only like non-browser-based thing that you need to know about that you can't find on the About section of theloreboys.com. You definitely can. It's there. Loreboys.com slash about. Instagram's there. Takes you to the, the browser version of Instagram, which I hear... Nobody fucking su- uses that. I hear sucks, but uh, <laughs> I think if you do it on your phone, it'll probably automatically open up uh, the Instagram. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, P- Jamie, do you have anything you you would like to add? J-A-Y-M-I-L-K. J-Milk on Steam. Buy me games, I'll play them with you. 
Buy a recommendation for skin cream? Games, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody who uh, wants to spend their money in ways other than buying James uh, games on Steam, we do have a Patreon. <laughs> patreon.com slash the lore boys uh head over we have a couple tiers we're not always great on uh fulfilling our promises but we promise we love you for it and if you ever remind us to do the things we'll do them right away uh it's just easy to forget sometimes um but yeah you can head to uh, uh, not loreboys.com slash patreon but patreon.com slash loreboys uh and and you'll see you can head to loreboys.com slash about to get the link to it um, and you can give us you can give us money if you like the show. Thanks so 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 much to everybody who already supports the show. Fresh patrons this week as well. So uh, do we? Both. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll pull up their names. Do you wanna you wanna come up with a lower boys prime real quick? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, we always discuss this in advance to understand like what the coupon is. Obviously, it's just kind of like convenient that they're always kind of related to the episode mm-hmm. uh, but if you want to support Lord prime this week you can send us uh we don't need money in prime this time uh what we want is we want your um bachelor videos so if you want to if <laughs> if you're if you're somebody who's looking for love and what you want is a spider-based woman with two mouths um just send us your profile you just it's got to be 30 seconds long between 20 and 30 seconds send us that um good audio is more important but then you can send yourself you just send us your measurements um what your skin density is like because that might come in handy at some point for Def- one of definitely the- need to know skin thickness please yeah yeah our, our props department's kind of lacking too so if you could send us any uh meat and or metal roses that would be great too yeah, yeah. yeah exactly it's for a big arts and craft project if you want to just send us like pounds of elbow macaroni also great but yeah. like more <laughs> Like more or less, we just like send us your video video dating profile VHS if you can. We really don't want these yeah. at this. Any Rexians elbow macaroni would be actual elbows. Elbows. Yeah. <laughs> any any uh, any extra or unnecessary organs you might have. If you have a third eye, just pop that sucker out. We'll take the third eye. If you yeah, if, yeah. if you still have your appendix, the doctors don't want you to know this, but you don't need that bad boy. Send it our way. You got two kidneys. Who needs a second one? wet though so package it separately from the actual dating vhs yeah. I think is really yeah. important. Um, um can i just say i would love if all our listeners actually sent us <laughs> dating videos uh well, well <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the mailbag episode if you guys want to uh if you guys want to bachelor yourselves for us uh we'll we'll, we'll watch it on twitch and and react to it probably I would uh kill for that oh my god <laughs> Uh, two new patrons, and by two new patrons, I think I mean one because I think we mentioned Connor on the last episode. But shout out again to Connor, and uh, can I play two on Patre- Patreon? Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much. And that probably constitutes a Lore Boys Bachelor. Oh, goodbye, uh-huh. Bachelor's degree. <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 